Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Kathy. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Dose, Dose of Dash podcast. podcast. Join us and our guests as we bring you news and insights, information on project milestones and upcoming tasks, and as we celebrate the wins and accomplishments all along the way. Thank you for joining us as we dash toward the future at the University of Tennessee. Hey, Kathy, you know what I liked about our last podcast episode? What did you like? We didn't talk the whole time. Well, I'm with you on that one. Isn't it fun when we have special guests? Yes. It's a lot less work for us. Well, <laughs> yeah, sort of. You know what? Why don't we do another one with a special guest where we also don't talk the whole time? That's a great idea. Okay. Well, I'm glad we thought of it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We've got a good one for you today. Stay tuned as we talk to Brennan from Accenture coming up soon. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Dose of Dash podcast. We have a very special guest with us today, Brennan Deerenfield. Is that you say your name? That's exactly how I say my name. Yes. Okay, good, perfect. Yeah. And he's with Accenture. He's the project manager with Accenture, and he's going to tell us a little bit about himself and go through some questions that we have for him today. So yeah, we'll go ahead and get started. But Brennan, so we do this for every podcast pretty much so far. Mm. Are you a, a coffee drinker? Yes. I just, uh, I just finished, yeah, I just finished one before this that? so that like, so that my answers would be on point and I'd be alert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, okay, I, have that's, a, I have a Keurig and I just gave myself like four ounces so that I'd be awake. Yeah. Cool. That, okay. That's perfect. So what Kathy and I usually do is we ask each other a question like, what's the best coffee you've had recently or what's your favorite new coffee spot or, or whatever. So you have to tell us what's your favorite coffee to drink or your favorite spot to go to, or, you know, like your, your go-to. Okay. So like my favorite coffee, like I don't have a favorite coffee, but my favorite thing is like, I have like an espresso machine. And so I'll do, you know what an affogato is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's just like, that's game over. So like I, and like, I also have like, wait, wait for our listeners though, tell, tell our listeners what, what an affogato is. Okay. So an affogato is um, like an espresso or a double espresso shot over like ice cream. Yeah. And so have you ever heard of like halo top ice cream? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like healthy, it's, right? Healthy. Correct. <laughs> correct. Right. It's yeah. the like, I don't know. It's the one where you feel the least bad after you eat it because it's right. like, high right. protein. Exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'll I'll get like a scoop of Halo Top ice cream and I'll put it like in one of these like small like Duralex cups and then I'll do like a double espresso in an espresso machine and then just have that. And like, that's my favorite. Like that that's awesome because like I know the espresso pods I want. I have multiple types of Halo Top ice cream and I pick <laughs> the one I want and it's like, it's in, it's in my house so I don't have to leave and it's oh, like, okay. <laughs> you've mastered it right i like the i like the idea of the halo top ice cream though i mean that kind of makes you feel a little bit better about yes yes not yourself and your choices absolutely because you can crush a whole a whole thing and you don't feel bad because it's like not like you look at this portion you look at this the nutritional info on the side and it's like it's fine you're like you're like i can deal with that it's yeah, not like yeah. when you down the whole pint of Ben and Jerry's. No, no. <laughs> that's no. not good. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> well, you're so yeah, you're a pro. And I don't know if you know this already, but you're already Dose of Dash podcast famous. Really? <laughs> I told everybody about your upside down natural peanut oh, butter in the fridge butter? trick. Yes. Yeah, so we, funny because you've yeah. already been referenced on the podcast before, and now you get to be an actual guest. A, a friend of mine who like I've known since like summer camp, like I told that to her, and, and she was just like, she knows this already, and and like she's just so impressed. I was I was like, I was like, yo, fair, like. I told them about like the whole peanut butter thing. She's like, you told who? 
I was like, oh, my project team. She's like, you, she's like, you told like 50 people like unprovoked about that. I was like, yeah. I love it. I'm we glad you did. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. it so. she, she, she was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, because when you turn up, she's like, I know that. I was like, <laughs> well, not all of us. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, so I don't care what she thinks. I'm glad yeah. you shared the information. <laughs> no, no problem. All right. Well, we'll get to some real questions. Kathy, you want to go first? Sure. We already talked about who you are, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Anything you feel like sharing, but particularly how long you've been with Accenture and maybe some more details about what your role is on the project. Sure. Accenture, I've been there since November a year and a year and a couple months, which makes me sound super junior. But the context yeah. is, which is like not a good thing you want for the project <laughs> on that podcast. But so, we won't edit that out. We're, yeah. we're, fair, it's raw fair and real. Fair. So the the Accenture portion is roughly a year and a couple months. However, like system integration, management consulting, audit, tax, all that. That's like a fifteen year period. We got acquired by Accenture. Before that, different management consulting firm, and then before that was small to medium sized audit firms. And the reason I'm saying small to medium size is because you have to do everything. So like when I was early 20s, I'm like bookkeeping, personal tax, corporate tax, estate tax, researching excise tax uh, documents and whatnot. And then that was around the time when um, the price of gold was was pretty high. So you had a lot of junior mining companies and we would do the audits for those, which was interesting because like... You had people raising money. You basically spend money to develop a property that gives you a percentage ownership interest. And all of a sudden, like now you own mining property and we go to like mining conferences, which is like insane because there's just gems and like (laughs) jewels everywhere. And there's like and there's like silent auctions to like bid on like gemstones and like molybdenum and like weird resources. But so like Accenture for a year and a bit, but like management consulting, audit, tax system implementation, like roughly 15 years or so. so. You've been in the game a while, right? Yeah. I think part of Kathy's question, what about your role on this project? Just so people kind of understand what you're doing for Dash. And why I'm on this podcast, for sure. So yeah, 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 why yeah, you're yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Other than your coffee and food hacks. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're glad you didn't say, oh, I've been with Accenture like a year. I've never really done this before, <laughs> no, but I'm here. No. So thank I you read, for that. I read the questions beforehand and I was like, okay, like you can't just say that. You got to like contextualize <laughs> it. So, so I'm the project manager on the Accenture side. Explaining a, a system integrator job to people who don't integrate systems is like mm. a super difficult thing to do but like yeah probably the best comparator that people it would be like easily cons- con- um, to digest is like the director or like a producer on a movie you're the person who kind of helps make sure that all of the tasks get done in the way that they need to get done and there's going to be like problems that come up every day that you need a solution like are you going to necessarily do everything no but you kind of need to know a bit of how everything works you have to manage conflicts and resolve it and know how the project works and liaise with people and like influence, provide recommendations. Cause ultimately like you're like a cruise ship that you're trying to point in the right direction. And yeah. I use the term cruise ship. You can't turn those fast. It's not like a no, speedboat. No, you cannot. No, right. you can't. You got to really focus on pointing it in the right direction from the starting point, because if it's not, you're going to end up like a hundred miles, like off to sea somewhere. And like, that's not fun for everyone. So I'm the project manager from, from the Accenture side. 
And I help make sure that like our team is pointing the right direction. They're doing the things that they need to do. That's yes. awesome. I think that's a great answer. And it actually, you you started going to our next question anyway. So let's just elaborate on this a little bit. Yeah. You tell everybody who doesn't, I mean, you just said it's hard to answer, but we're going to go there yeah. anyway. Who doesn't know what a system integrator is. Yes. That, you know, those of us on the project that are working on it day in and day out see it. But can you explain a little bit for those that yeah. don't know what you all are helping us do every day? Yeah. If you met someone in a dinner party and they're like, what do you do? Like if someone asked me, they're like, oh, like you work at Accenture. Like, what does that mean? I'm like, I help install Oracle software. It's yeah. very succinct. That's that's like a digestible answer. And they're like, OK, like you help install Oracle software. It's like, well, what's that? It's like, well, Oracle is like QuickBooks, but for a really, really, really large company. And they're like, OK, I can wrap my head around that. And then so, you're so saying, you walk around with CDs and just install yeah, people's yeah, machines. Yeah, exactly. And then, but then you're like, you kind of peel back that onion, right? You're like, okay, but Oracle's complicated and mm-hmm. these companies are huge. And yeah. you have to say, well, how do I want the software to work for that company? And then you kind of start peeling back the layers. And because they understand the context of like you install software, when you say things like, well, we help them design the system, configure it how they want, make sure it works. And then we give it to everybody. Yeah. And they're like, okay, that makes sense yeah and it's at that point in the discussion that they like are kind of regretting the fact that they asked me what i do (laughs) (laughs) but but like they come away with understanding so like like system integrators like the fancy term for the people that help you install oracle when like as the person who's getting the software installed like that's not your day job like that's not what you specialize in you specialize in running your business so you need to call someone else it's the same thing if like you renovate your basement like you might be an awesome diy guy but you kind of need to bring in a contractor who's going to actually get it done. Yeah, great. I love that analogy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful for, especially for people who aren't real familiar with the terminology system integrator. Kind of gives them some perspective as to what exactly Accenture is helping us with. Can you talk a little bit about the relationship between Accenture and Dash leadership here at UT? How you all work together to achieve project goals and objectives? Yes. Make sure the ship's pointed the right way. That's basically it. The really unsexy answer is making sure the governance in place makes sense. What meetings do we need to have with which groups and when? And what's going to be discussed at those meetings so that we actually get things done. That seems conceptually like easy to do. But then when you actually, it's like, right. well, how many meetings do you need to book? Is this person uh-huh. busy? Did we forget to include this person in the meeting? What's the agenda going to be? Should this be an update? Should it be a working session? Those are all things that we did in September timeframe and we documented it and we set it up. Now, the thing about an implementation that's very complicated is that things change every three to six months because you're entering a new phase. So the governance that you had needs to adapt to mold to the circumstances of that new phase. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Like we just finished, you know, design. So we had, you know, probably over a hundred workshops, thousands of requirements. And we have like a certain structure in place to say like, how's that going? Do people need help? Is that done? What do you need to do next? We're about to go into a future phase of like actually demoing the software. It's like, well, when you've demoed the software, you set up an environment. And if the environment is set up, then potentially there's defects. So you need to now have the governance in place say, well, how many defects? And do we need to talk to Oracle? Which means we now need an Oracle meeting. So it's getting that structure in place and then telling people about it. Because the other problem is, is like, you might have the meetings and then someone's going to be like, well, I want a meeting to talk about this, but they don't realize that there's a time to do that already, which on the one hand is good. But on the other hand, is irritating to the person because they're like, why can't I just talk to you right 
now? Why do yeah. I have to go through this formal thing? So you set it up. It's kind of like a tell them, tell them again and tell them what you told them problem right, yeah. to right. make sure people remember it. And then once people remember how to do everything, then you have to evolve it. <laughs> and then you have to articulate why that happens in such a way that people aren't irritated and their expectations are set up early that like, we're doing this on purpose because it makes sense, not because we didn't do it properly before. It's yeah. like we did it properly before, but the circumstances have changed and they call for a different set of meetings and whatnot. So that's kind of like I said, like the not, I don't know, sexy answer. So you have all that. But then at the same time, it's the fact that we have um, our teams connected is amazing because like I can call you guys up. I can call Jim. I can call Tammy. I can ping someone. I can be like, hey, like we're in a meeting and we need so-and-so. Can you go grab them? Sure. Yeah. So having the ability to have those like formal structures in place where you have like, um, you know, when certain things are going to happen, when and why, but then having the informal structures where you're just like texting, pinging people, calling them, whatever, the two of those together make things run very smoothly. And so that's what we've tried to do um, over the last couple months, which is going to just get further tweaked as, as we go on. Right. Sure. And I, you know, just as someone that gets to participate at the level we do, we're, I think the team is awesome. And I think the integration is awesome. And the way we see, you know, everybody work together has been just kind of a super cool thing to watch on a project Mm. this big. It's really neat. Uh, Oh, and also the software is changing every three months too, right? Yes. There's also that. that. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know what? I love the way we're going here. So I'm going to, you know, the questions we were asking, I'm going to change around a little bit. You talked a little bit, you know, about the work we did in September and then we're kind of wrapping up a design phase. Can you talk about to our listeners, the work that was done in the design phase and, yes. and the wrap up that's occurring right now and kind of what deliverables we got out of that and where we go from there? Yes. How do I do that in a way? That that's a big, it's a big question. I don't <laughs> know, <whatever. laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fine. So right now we have ERP, which is finance. We have HCM, which is HR, and we have something called EP- EPM, which is planning, budgeting, and forecasting. So since September-ish, we've been basically writing down each application is going to have modules. So under finance ERP, you're going to have, you know, things that people are aware of, like procurement, receivables, payables, travel and expense, GL, fixed asset. For each of those things, there's then a sub-process underneath. And then for each of those sub-processes, someone had to write down, the system needs to do this. Require Like it's called a requirements listing because it literally says require the ability to over and over and over 3000 times per application for all the modules and it's super dry. And then for every single requirement, which is like literally no joke, a row in an Excel file, there's a column that says, is there a fit or a gap, which is basically, can the system do it or can it not do it? And if it can't do it, what's the workaround? And, you know, what's the priority that we want to get that in? Literally hundreds of people, no joke. It's, it's, I looked at our, our team size. I think we're North of 50 and I know UT, you guys are like over 200 mm-hmm. all in. So literally, literally hundreds of people have been working together to confirm that entire list of what the whole system should do. And if there's a situation where it can't do it, what's it going to do about it? They've also listed like all the reports we think we need these are all the interfaces to bring in information we need. This is These are all the types of data that we need to move from SAP into Oracle. And we've literally documented that for every single sub-process in a module, in an application. And on top of that, for every single module and every single process and sub-process, what is the process flow of how that's going to work? This is an insanely large documentation exercise that is basically culminating this week and next week, more or less, like some of the deliverables have been sent for approval, others are are coming up. So at the end of February, 
we're going to have all the documentation, which is going to be the starting point to help us configure the application. If you think of it this way, like if you use like a, a renovation analogy for a house, we basically you just put the floor plans in. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we're basically going to try and build like, I don't know if you've seen architects do this. They kind of have like a cardboard model of what yeah. the house looks like. We're about to do that so that people can kind of see their requirements in 3D. Or in this right. case, like see the user interface in the application, because coming up, they're going to say, all right, we understand how we thought this was going to work on paper. But now that we see it in Oracle, is it OK if we change it like this? Or I think it would be better if we did it this way. Or there's going to be some person who does this process 10 times more often than anyone else. And they're going to say, look, I have this issue. If you tweak this, it would make my life 10 times easier. And we'll say, all right, sure. That whole documentation exercise is coming to a close in order to facilitate the ability to us demo that in the system to the same group of users, probably a larger user set, so that we can then over the next six months, Mm -hmm. build the system iteratively. And iteratively is the key word because people are going to be new to the system. They're going to see it and they're going to be like, this is Oracle. I don't like this. And Mm -hmm. we're going to have to explain that this is basic functionality with which we're going to iterate on two more times after this. Yeah, That's basically what's happening to bring design to a close. And like that's also how we're segueing into what's called adopt and adapt, where we're going to do those demos, which are called prototypes. That's all that's going to work. Yeah, that's great. Okay, we're going to stop there and conclude part one of this podcast. Please join us next time for the second installment as we wrap up our conversation with Brennan. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dose of Dash. A big thanks to everyone who helped us make this episode possible. And a big thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in as we pursue this change together. Check back here regularly for new episodes and updates. And please share this podcast with others. Word of mouth can be the best way to help this effort grow. And it's a great way to keep our friends of Dash informed. Be sure to visit our Friends of Dash site for more information and resources. You should see the link in the About section for this podcast. Do you have a Dash question you would like answered? Please email it to dash at tennessee.edu. You never know. It just might show up on this podcast. Talk Talk to to you you soon. soon.